Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. No one else. No one else. No one else like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know you're going to be sitting down in a few seconds, but you're different than you were when you stood up. That's because the cloud of glory has just surrounded you and lift that, lifted that burden. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in your place. Wow. Hallelujah. Truly, the presence of the Lord is in this place. And church, we don't need to go further than the craziness of the world that we're living in right now. That seems to be the recurring theme over the last few months. In fact, the pressure outside is so, so heavy. We don't even know where truth is anymore. In fact, it's so convoluted, the atmosphere that we're living in, that even nature is confused. I mean, even nature is reacting. And for not to beat an old theme that you hear in church circles so often, but I think nature itself is crying out for God's redemption. And if there is a time when you and I need to realize that we have been let down by systems around us. It is now. It is now. And I live more firmly in this moment than ever before that I believe the answer, and the answer that we're searching for and that we desperately need is really a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we've gone here and there and everywhere. You've journeyed through all the things that you thought would help you make it through. And really, everything else has been pushed aside. All the things that we thought would anchor us through the difficult and challenging moments of life, all of a sudden, they're not there anymore. And really, God is closing doors so that we can go to the door. He is stopping things. I mean, work is over. Schools, we don't know if it's going to happen. And even if it happens, you can't go visit this morning's service at the end. One of the seniors was telling me, that her sister passed away and she was more grieved at not being able to be with her now for the interment than the suffering that her 90 plus year old sister went through. And there's pain and suffering everywhere. Andre Crouch wrote that song so long ago and it's, it rings true today. Jesus is the answer for the world today. You and I need to not, ju not just say that, we need to live convinced of that. We need to live our lives as if that phrase means something. Because we were seeking truth and honesty, and it's, it's scarce right now. It really is. It is only at the feet of the Lord that we're able to find some kind of balance, some kind of, uh, of returning to equilibrium in our lives so that we can make it through. You know, I'm, I'm proud of our, our children and our young people. I mean, in, in the middle of the craziness that's going on, they're holding on. They really are holding on. They're not as crazy as when you were a kid. They're holding on. And they have every reason to be out of control. And you're saying, yeah, but you don't know how I, how I I'm a strict mother. I'm a strict. No, no, it's that God's heard your prayers. God's heard our prayers. And we're living in a time now when everything is so convoluted. But God still shows up. And you know what happens as we live our lives, we continue to get more and more buried in our, in our, in our, in our, in our, in our you know, three months ago, you would forget 
and show up somewhere and they tell you you don't have your mask, you left it home. Now, before we even brush our teeth, in fact, some of us are brushing our teeth through our, our masks. We become conditioned uh, to the situation that we're in. And we don't realize how ingrained the context is speaking into our lives. We're almost starting to behave not as we would normally be, be behaving, but almost joining forces with those that are not doing good things or not saying good things. I believe the church needs to be the light and the salt. In fact, I, we need to personalize that. I think I need to be the light and the salt. You need to be the light. Put, a, put your name on that because it shows ownership. In the Bible, I always go back to the Bible because I think it helps us with some of its stories to apply what, what, what is important for us today. And I, and I have a story from Exodus chapter 2, and, and, I, and I've titled the sermon today, Pull Me Out of This River. Pull me out. It's really a declaration. Lord, pull me out of this river. And I get this story from the writings of, in the book of Exodus, chapter 2, a story that some are familiar. And that was the one where when Moses was born, um, the Bible says in those verses of Exodus chapter 2, I won't read all of them, although I'll, I want to read the last phrase of verse 10 and from the Message Bible. It says that, you know, uh, 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 things were crazy in that world during that time when this is written. And Pharaoh, he was called Ramesses II, he, was, he felt so threatened by the, by, the, by the people of Israel that he decided to take a very racist posture. And he decided to kill off every single Hebrew baby that was born. And he ordered it done. He ordered all Hebrew babies who were born to be drowned and killed and done away with because he thought this way, through this form of genocide, he can stop this threat against him and thereby be able to continue being the ruler because remember the Egyptian pharaohs were thought to be godlike. If you go and you visit and you read and you study about Egyptian tradition, particularly in the pharaohs, you'll find that they were, they were deity. They were considered gods. And pharaoh was really a title more than a name because this particular pharaoh was Ramesses II. And under this horrible threat of genocide, Moses' mother gives birth. Sometimes blessings come in the, what you think might be the wrong time. There's an edict, kill all the baby boys, and Moses' uh, mom has a baby boy during that time. And she decided to protect him by hiding him. So as a child grew, the text shows us very clearly that she could no longer provide the protection. So here's what she did. She decided to believe God and trust God. Church, today we need to believe God and trust God. For your marriage and for your home and your children, you need to believe God and trust God. You're sending them off to school. You don't know what's going to happen with work. Right now, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. They're telling us that this thing is going to last for a, a while longer. It's already been six tiring months, but it might go on until next year, and we don't know what to do. We need to trust God. We can't trust this or that. Searched all over. Can't find where my anchor is. My anchor has to be in God. And in the middle of this turmoil, she decided to trust the Lord. I like the text. You know, the Bible sometimes can be very funny as well. Because if you read in chapter 2, you said that she gave birth to a baby, and in herself she saw how beautiful the baby is. I don't know too many mothers that would be, uh, they have a baby and they say, my goodness, what an ugly baby. It says it in the text, chapter 2 of Exodus. 
Because mother's maternal love has a way of making the nose just right and putting the eyes in the right place. And mothers don't see any harm or difficulty in their babies. And so she decided in order to protect them, the only way was to trust God. And she thought about then putting together a basket, putting her baby in the basket, and then putting him in the Nile River and let fate, quote unquote, take care of his future. I want to tell you something, though, but when you trust God, there is no fate about your future. When you trust the Lord, as you see in this, this story, God intervenes. Because she put the baby in the basket and the basket in the river. Well, she didn't realize that because of her relationship to Jehovah God, she was putting God in the basket, and she was putting God in the basket with Moses in the river, and she was trusting, Lord, that in the river God would have his way. Come on, you can clap and praise the Lord if you can. See, the thing is, we're sending off our kids, but we need to make sure that we send off our kids in the morning with God with them. Don't just stuff their basket, their, their uh, lunchbox or whatever it is that you do now, or make sure that they're color-coordinated. Make sure that God is all over them. And it says in the text that she put him, he was about three months old, a crying baby, it says in the, in the text there. So moms, when you have a crying baby, read Exodus chapter 2. And she put him in the basket, put him go. And then what happened? She let him go, not knowing what would happen tomorrow, but knowing that God who exists in tomorrow would take care. Think about that. And so she put him in the basket into this the Nile River and the flow. And when she put him in the river, you know what can happen down the river? Anything can happen. Good can happen and calamity can happen. Rescue can happen. And destruction can happen. But she was not trusting the flow, the ebb and flow of the river. She was trusting the, the God that she served. And her daughter was, was looking nearby to make sure where this, uh, this little basket went carrying uh, Moses. And it just so happens. But you know, in God, there's, not, there's never a just so happened. But in the text, it says, it just so happened that Pharaoh's daughter... This Ramesses II, his daughter was there by the riverbanks as well. And she looked and she observed and she saw something un unusual. She looked and she saw and, and she saw that in there, in, around the reeds or the, or the river reeds as it's called, or the, or the bulrushes as they're called as well, they, they, there was something there. And she sent her daughter, to, uh, her, her servant, to see what was going on. And then she herself went. And you know what she did when she got to see the baby that was nearby? She says, this has to be one of the Jewish babies. You know, it doesn't matter who you hang out with, where you go, where you party that doesn't honor God, what conversations and relationships you have with people that are far from God. You look like God. You smell like God. You walk like God. You don't act like God, but God is inside you. And people, you know, when you're at work and they say something unusual about you. Here you are drinking up a storm, partying a storm, not acting too, too let me leave it there, not acting right. But they said, there's something about you. Because when you have the mark of God over your life, she, it says she walked over. This might have been because she was Pharaoh's daughter, her first encounter with a Jewish baby. But she knew that there was something about that child. 
I want to tell you today, there's something about you. God had his finger in your life. God had his imprint in your life. God had plans for you all along. Yes, you went here, there, and everywhere. But everywhere you go, you don't even feel comfortable in the company of the people that you have right now because you've been cut from a different cloth. You have a different DNA inside. God has a plan inside of your life that's trying to sprout and blossom. But you've been here and there, acting there and there. But they know that you don't belong in that group, and you know it. Come on, you can praise the Lord. Parents, that's why you have to put in your kids God. Because wherever they go, even if they're not behaving right, their friends are going to tell them there's something strange about you. There's something about you. And that's your prayer covering over them. That's, that's you guiding them. That's the imprint of God in their lives. And Pharaoh's daughter looked and she said, that's got to be one of the Hebrew kids. And then right away she started. And look at what she does. Then she says, go get him. And then she decided to adopt him. Then she tells the the, the maidservant, find somebody that takes care of, to take care of him for me. And look at the text. In the text, it says that uh, uh, when she took him out, she decided to adopt him. They found a, 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 a maiden to take care of the baby. It turns out to be Moses' mom. Don't you like God's sense of humor? See, in the last part of the verse that I wanted to read, verse 10 in the, in the, in the uh, message, it says, she named him Moses, which means pulled out. Pharaoh's daughter named him Moses, pulled out because she pulled him out of the water. Now she found someone to take care of, which just so happens to be, because in God there's no coincidence. You didn't get that job because you know how to do an interview. You didn't get that house because you had your finances together. No, 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 no. You didn't pass that test because you're smart. Uh, you, you, no, no. It was that God was inside of your life orchestrating things for you. Come on, you can praise the Lord right now. You didn't get that car because you know how to negotiate. You didn't buy that suit because you walked in at the right time. Oh, no, 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 no. Is that God goes before you. When you strive to honor God, God will go before you. And Moses' mom, who released the baby in the hands of God, not in the Nile River, God rewarded her by giving her back the baby so that she could raise it. Listen to this. And get paid for raising her own baby. Come on, now you should clap. daughter of Pharaoh found Moses and pulled him out of the water. For the sake of today, and, and I want to share with you some of the learnings I get right away from this that I think apply to today. The, the Nile River would represent for me the ebb and flow of life. Not everything in life is hunky-dory and goes wonderful. Ebb and flow means that things go and things come back. There are things in our lives that happen. Sickness visits us. Uh, there's some unemployment and all these things that visit us. The Nile River represents that. It is filled with wonderful opportunities, but also with horrible dangers. That's life. The decision of Moses' mother, you know what it shows me? It shows that sometimes we just have to trust God. Comes a moment where, where the danger is everywhere. We can do little about it. Sometimes we worry about things we can't even impact or change. We just have to trust God. The doctors say this. The doctors say that. Trust God. Some of the testimonies of many of you here that, that have navigated through sickness. You weren't relying on the doctor. It wasn't about rest and eating an apple. It was that you trusted God. It was you trusted God and God brought you through. Moses' mother shows that, that you and I need to strengthen, develop, and we need to uh, make grow uh, our trust in the Lord. That at the end of the day, it is about God, you and I. This, the mother of Moses, was able to showcase that for, her, for us. 
It shows that no matter how big and powerful the threat might be, God always makes giants look like midgets. God always cuts giants down to size, shows that they're weak. Say amen if you can, that they're small. That's what God does. God brings them down to size when you trust God. Pharaoh's daughter, what she does for me, because the Nile River represents life, ebb, and flow. Moses' mom represents for me trusting the Lord. Pharaoh's daughter, listen to this, Pharaoh's daughter shows me that sometimes God has a blessing for you from very unexpected places. Sometimes the wicked don't even know how much they're going to bless you when they bless you. Come on, some of you have experienced that. I'm looking around. Sometimes you should have suffered the consequences of the craziness, and yet God used someone to bless you. Someone outside of your faith tradition. Someone outside. Someone that really should not have. Pharaoh's daughter should not have done what she did. But God has a way. So what does this story tell us? One, number one, listen. Listen to me closely. You cannot stay in the river forever. If you sit in one of those little floaty balloons and whatever in the water, all of a sudden the rocking back and forth of the water puts you to sleep. It's time to wake up. You doze off. You're going to get toasted, burned by the sun. It's time to get out of the river. The text says that uh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter called, uh, called him Moses, which in, in Egyptian, it means pulled out. But when you look at the text, it really doesn't mean uh, pulling out is one thing. It's a, like a voluntary pull out or come and follow me or God, God. No, it means an aggressive intervention to yank him out. And some of us don't realize that God is closing every door. God is stopping what you thought was easy before and make it very hot, hard because you haven't yielded with God impressing you. And touching you. So he has to dismantle all the things that you thought were safe and that were yours and that I did this and I did it my way. Dismantle every way because God needs to not invite you, come follow me. He needs to aggressively snatch you out because you've been in the river too long. 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 You have to stay too long. You, you have to stay too long in that river, and it's time to get pulled out. The time for floating around has ended. And you know, it's true. Don't look at anybody. Look at yourself. Close your eyes and look at yourself. Yeah, uh, I'll get my life together. 2021, 2022, 2025, Once I get the bigger apartment, once they give me the next raise, I'll start tithing. We're floating. Ooh. Your feet touch the ground, but you're not really touching surface. You can't stay in the river forever. You have to get yanked out in order to find your... If Moses had stayed in the river, that was not his choice. But think about what happened. Moses was the liberator of the people of Israel. Moses confronted the pharaohs. Moses was the one that guided the people out to liberty. If this would not have happened, all of that would have been affected. Can't stay in the river forever. Who knows what family member you need to touch, but you can't because you're still in the river. Who knows what co-worker, what friend you're supposed to reach. Who knows what life you're supposed to rescue because you're floating in the river. 
Second thing I see is that the river will not change the core of you, who you are. I mentioned in my comments earlier that Pharaoh's daughter immediately recognized the baby as one of the Hebrew babies. Listen, God has his eye on you. And no matter how much makeup, Botox, or whatever you want to put on, you still look like a child of God. You smell like a child. If you walk like a duck and quack like a duck, you're a duck. You're a child of God. I'm not saying you're a duck. I'm not saying that. Quack, quack. No, I'm not saying you're a duck. You may act like this and act like that, but at the end of the day, you've got God written all over you. All over you. The river will not change the core of you, who you are. This pandemic is not going to change the core of who I am and who you are. Yes, we'll wear masks. Yes, we'll, we'll do what we need to do to congregate for service. But it's not going to change the core of who we are. Just because other people are, are out of control doesn't mean that we need to be. It is not going to change the core of who we are. Rivers will not do that. Number three, God accomplishes his will regardless of any dangerous flow. There was danger for Moses in the river and out of the river. If he stayed out of the river, he's going to get killed. If he goes in the river all by himself, he might have drowned. So regardless, but when God is involved, you're safe. That's why... Church, you start coughing. Don't get nervous. <laughs> I was going to say start sneezing, but, but no, I'm not going to. No, we, right away it's over. No, 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 hold on a minute. You, don't, don't, don't be so fast. You're going to be around for a little while. God's plan will be accomplished over your life and my life, regardless of how dangerous it is outside. And you know, by the way, I, I, thought, I thought about this for a moment that when when uh, Moses' wa uh, uh, mom was looking, you know, water can be very scary. On Friday, the men were at, 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 uh, at the, uh, uh, by the amphitheater, by the East River. And I walked over for a little bit to the river. And I don't know about you, but I look. And I'm not afraid of a lot of things, but. I saw like the Loch Ness Monster coming out and getting me. It's scary. You ever been on a cruise you ever, when you're in the middle of the ocean and you look out, there's no land anywhere. The birds aren't even around. <laughs> That's how far out you are. And you look over the balcony and you say, wow, man. First of all, it's a long way down. It's, you know why it's dark? Because it's so deep. That's why it's dark. Yeah, that's why it's dark. I was, re I was watching a documentary. I love documentaries yesterday. And they were talking about the coast of California, which California has some fantastic weather. And they were talking about one of my favorite roads to, to ride on in the whole, that I've driven in all my life, and that's the Pacific Coast, Coast Highway. And there's a portion of it where, where when you get to the northern part of the Pacific Coast Highway, that there's like a cove or a cake uh, uh, there. And uh, powerful houses, rich people live all around there. And the water there is so deep, it's more than two miles deep. It's an under-ocean canyon. And in some places, they say it's actually deeper than the Grand Canyon. And the water is very dark. So when we look at a river or a body of water or the challenges, which is what I want to get to, it could, be, it could look overwhelming. But I'm here to tell you that God will accomplish what he's going to do it doesn't matter how many demons and powers of darkness come up against your family and against you. No matter how many, how many whatever comes against you, the plan that God has over your life will be fulfilled, will be accomplished. 
Just because you're surrounded by danger does not mean God will not pull you out of the river and fulfill his plan in your life. God accomplishes his will regardless of any dangerous flow. Finally, my fourth observation, my first one was you can stay in, you cannot stay in the river forever. Number two was the river will not change the core of who you are. Number three, God accomplishes his will regardless of any dangerous flow. Number four, when God pulls you out of the river, listen to this, everyone benefits. Well, let's go to the narrative because let's go back to the Bible. So when Moses was rescued from the river, he became, through the guidance of God, the liberator for the people of Israel. Right? So because he was pulled out of the river, he benefited others. Let's go back to Moses again. Because Moses was pulled out of the river and Pharaoh's daughter got him and adopted him, his mother now had a salary for the rest of her life. And all that lived in that household were blessed because now she had the favor of favor, favor over her life. Imagine how many people in your family, in your home, you're affecting in a very negative way simply because you're sitting in the river. If you got out of the river, the Lord would bless your children, your next generation and the next generation. If you got out of the river, who knows what life you can touch with a word of encouragement, with a touch of the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you can get out of the river and understand that when God pulls you out, everyone benefits. Generations benefit. The simple fact that this church and this ministry has been down here for over 70 years. Over 70 years. This church has been here. And the people that founded this church aren't even alive anymore. But their coming out of the river allowed us to be sitting in this place and even people downstairs in the overflow and those watching us on the other side. Who knows what you're holding back simply because you're sitting in the river. When God pulls you out, everyone benefits. I think you and I need to confess to the Lord. We need to do our best to be as obedient as we can. We need to wait on God's timing for things. Sometimes we want to microwave God, and God doesn't work that way. He has his own schedule. It can be frustrating. But wait. You don't have to get married because all your friends are getting married. You don't have to buy a house because everybody's buying a house. You don't have to. No. You listen to what the Lord is telling you in your life. God's timing can be frustrating, but not really. God's timing, what it does, it prunes us. It takes off the things that need to fall off of our lives. When God pulls you out of the river, everyone benefits. Let me close it. What river are you in today? The river of sickness? Get out. The river of addiction? God wants to pluck you out. The river of guilt? God wants to liberate you. The, liber the, the river of depression or, or fear? Maybe the river of suicide. The river of coronavirus, that's all you think about. Morning, afternoon, and evening. The river of brokenness, and here I want to be sensitive. Legitimately, your heart is broken. But it's time to move. You're much better than that last breakup. That person did not deserve you. Did not deserve you. You need to move on. Get out of that river of brokenness and perpetual brokenness. The river of confusion. You don't know. You've got to know. The Lord has been speaking into your heart, not in, just in this sermon, but prior. Connect the dots already. 
You need to get out of that river, the river of you, you, you feel trapped and you cannot get out. Some of you just thought a few moments ago, Pastor, but you don't know what I'm, what I'm, in, what I'm in right now. You know, I don't. But God will get you out. God will fix what has to be fixed. He will remove what has to be removed. Let me close with this declaration and then we'll pray. God wants to pull you out from that river today. God wants to pull you out of that river today. Let every head be bowed, eye closed. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to boldly do what I'm going to tell you right now. If the Lord has spoken to you, quickened your heart, I, I, I'm not going to ask you to come forward because altar calls are difficult during these seasons. But I am going to ask you to stand up right where you are. If the Lord spoke to you, ministered to you, rattled you, if you can feel the shadow of God's hand stretching into that river of craziness to pull you out, stand up. I want to pray a prayer of deliverance. I want doors open for you. Come on, you got to do that quickly. It's not a time, well, is it me? or No, it's you. It's you. In fact, you're still sitting down and it's you. Stand. Stand right now. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I realize, Lord, this intersection right now is vital, is critical. It's, it's, it's highly important that people make decisions right now. You don't want us floating around. You're in the basket of life. You're in the river of life with us. There is a plan, a purpose, and we have potential. I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters today who feel the quickening of the Holy Spirit in their hearts, telling them, it's you, it's you. Get out of the river. In the name of Jesus, yank them out. Pull them out, Lord. Lift up your hands throughout the sanctuary. Just pull them out, Lord. Take them out of that flow of life. Take them out of that relationship situation that's not good for them. Take them out of that place where they should not be because they have the mark of you all over them. Take them out there, Lord. Neutralize the powers of distraction. And let them, Lord, right now be filled with power and authority to make it through. Too many lives are at stake. The future is at stake. Their destiny is at stake. This is the day. Change their path. Play Bless them, Lord, so that they can be able, Lord, to fulfill your goals and your purposes in their lives. Let everybody stand up through the sanctuary. I want everybody to throw up their hands for this prayer. The second part of this prayer, just stand up. Father, I come before you. In this church, we stand obedient to you. This is not about a man or a person or personality. It's about you. And Father, I know that you have orchestrated this moment in your sovereignty, in your divine sovereignty, in things that we don't understand, you have or orchestrated this moment for us as a church here in this area. We are, this building, Lord, is in, in one of the most significant islands in the entire world. The, the, the attention of the entire world is on this island. And Father, there's a, a tension here of good and of evil. But Father, we want to be a beacon of light. We want to be a beacon of hope. We want to be able, Lord, to, to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ freely because we know in that relationship with Christ, there is freedom. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus, just fill us with boldness. Take away, Lord, all distractions. Let us, dear Lord, know that in you we are victorious. Take us out of the river as a church. 
and place us on the path, Lord, of doing your will always. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen. Can we worship the Lord right now? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.